a revisit to episode eight, where we talked about financial momentum and how that works with the six ways that you can make money on every real estate investment this week on Real Estate Revenue. Hey everybody, this is Paul Airy, your host on Real Estate Revenue. Welcome to the episode this week, and we're going to go back and revisit a previous episode, I believe it was episode 8, where we talked about financial momentum. And we're going to couple that with the six ways that you can make money on every real estate investment. I'm sure you've heard that before. Uh, I've heard four ways, five ways, six ways. I like six. My number is six. So that's what we're going to talk about. Now, the financial momentum idea, uh, just something that occurred to me. I don't know if anyone else has come up with this before. Uh, um, it's just uh, an idea that popped into my head a few weeks ago and... Uh, uh, or a couple of months ago, and so I'm, I've kind of been refining this, and uh, uh, I'm tempted to call it the law of financial momentum. Uh, I don't mean to sound that uppity about it, but uh, I, I mean, it needs some kind of name, so uh, that sounds just as good as any, I guess. So in that episode, we talked about how uh, the... Uh, old phrase or the old saying, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, can actually be shown to be true in a mathematical equation. It's an old physics equation for momentum. And uh, momentum of an object equals the mass of the object times the object's velocity. Uh, now, how that applies, if you haven't heard that episode, uh, you should go back and listen to it. Um, it's it uh, the way that applies to your finances is your financial momentum is equal to basically the mass of your money, how much assets you have, times the velocity of that money, or your rate of return on what you have. So as you have more, your momentum builds. As your rate of return goes up, your momentum builds, and vice versa. As they, those two, either one of those two go down, your momentum goes down. So that's how the rich get richer when their momentum goes up, and the poor get poorer when their momentum goes down. The poor getting poorer has absolutely nothing to do with the rich getting richer. That equation more or less proves that because the two are not tied together in any way mathematically. Uh, in fact, uh, I think I quoted a number in that episode. It was actually kind of an estimate off the top of my head, and I turned out to be pretty close. I said about 90% of the rich people out there start off broke. Well, it turns out 80% of all millionaires, it's very similar, 80% of millionaires today started off more or less broke, poor. Um, they were not wealthy when they started. They figured it out, and the people who are on the downhill slide of their finances have not figured it out. 
uh, or at least they haven't figured out how to get out of that that uh, hole that they're sliding into. So what's that have to do with real estate and the six ways you can make money on a real estate investment? Well, uh, let's go over those six ways. I'm sure you're eager to find out. There are six ways that you make money on every real estate investment uh, with the possible exception of land. And uh, when I go through these, you'll see why I'll I'll explain why land does not count. Uh, Although you can make a lot of money with land, uh, I've done very well with land, but you don't get all six of these benefits with land. So the number one way is cash flow. And I like to say in real estate, in the real estate business, everything rises and falls on cash flow. If you don't have cash flow, you don't have a very good real estate investment. Cash flow is the money that you have left over when someone pays you rent and you pay all the bills out of that rent, you pay your loan payment, anything left over at the end of the month, that is positive cash flow. If you have to put money in to pay your expenses, then you have negative cash flow. You don't want that. The number one thing to look for when buying a property is either the cash flow or the potential for cash flow. Not every building is going to have cash flow right off the bat when you buy it. Some of them might be vacant. But what you know, it has to have the potential to produce you good cash flow. Cash flow is what we need. It's what we need to build wealth. It's what we need for our retirement. It's what we need for our uh, our family trust. If you're going to put your properties in a trust so that it uh, continues after you're gone. And and uh, uh, this is something that uh, the Rockefeller family did. Uh, all their properties, all their holdings went into uh, this trust and they have what's called a family office. And if you want to know more about that, I suggest you read this book. It's a fantastic book, book by Garrett Gunderson. It's called what would the Rockefellers do? Uh, any of his things are, are good to consume. I actually, uh, my wife and I, uh, spent a day with him last week in Austin and, uh, we, uh, went to a, uh, round table discussion he was having. There were about I don't know, eight or 10 of us there with him. And we just sat around and talking about financial things. And uh, it was very enlightening. And he wrote this book about the Rockefeller family office and how they were set up to preserve their wealth and how after generations, there are billions of dollars that John D. Rockefeller accumulated in his lifetime is still there. It's still intact the family still lives off that wealth to this day. I believe there are somewhere over 250 Rockefeller family members that benefit from that wealth still being there. And you can do that too. If you read that book, uh, you'll see how you, uh, when you build wealth, you can put it into something similar to what they did. Uh, the number two way make money on every real estate investment is property value appreciation. Your property is going to appreciate in a couple of ways. First of all, it's just natural appreciation over time. The cost of construction goes up, the cost of building materials goes up, inflation basically. Um, The uh, value of your real estate uh, based on its location or its appeal to people may go up without doing anything to it. 
if uh, you happen to have a property that's in the path of progress, there's new growth surrounding you, your property value is going to go up on its own without you doing anything to it. Now, there's also forced appreciation. One of the most amazing things about commercial real estate is that the value of the property is based on the income that it generates. And that is so amazing. It's, it's what gives commercial real estate investing its appeal to me and to millions of other people. And it's, that is what builds wealth fast. Now, real estate is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's a plan. It's a long-term plan. But you can speed it up. When you have the chance, you should do that. Speed it up. Here's how you do it. You increase the value of the property by increasing your net operating income. So you either have to increase the rents coming off the property, the revenues, or you decrease the expenses, or both. Now, you don't want to do that so much that it harms the property. In other words, you don't raise the rent so much that your tenants all move out, and you don't decrease the expenses so much that you no longer maintain the property the way you should. But there is a middle ground. There is a way to do it where your tenants like it, they love what you're doing, they want to stay, uh, the rents go up, and your net operating income goes up. And when that goes up, your property will appraise for more. The wonderful thing about that is when you force that appreciation, when you have gone through, say you buy a property that has below market rent, and your tenants know they are paying below market rent, and usually they do. If they don't, you can show them, you can prove it to them you have a chance to raise the rent. And when you raise that rent, when it's, when it's legal for you to do it, in other words, when your lease is up or you know, when your lease tells you that you can, can raise the rent, then you do it. And when you do that, the value of the property goes up because your net operating income has increased. So what do you do with that? You have more equity. Yeah, it's great. But what do you do with that? You can't spend equity. Uh, there's only two ways to access that equity. You either have to sell the property or you refinance it, you pull out some of the equity in cash. That's the beauty of this part of real estate. When your property value goes up, and another thing that goes along with that is if your loan has been paid down, you've got two things pushing your equity up. You can go in and refinance the property, or cash out, and use that cash for other investments. And guess what? That cash is tax-free because it's not income. It's loan proceeds. The government does not tax loan proceeds, at least not yet. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that too loud. Somebody might hear in Congress and decide, hey, we need to tax loan proceeds. They do not do that at the moment. I seriously doubt that they ever would, but, you know, those crazy people might just try. Uh, okay, so that's the second way to make money on your real estate investment. Now, the third way is the opposite of appreciation, is depreciation. The beauty of commercial real estate is that you can depreciate and appreciate at the same time. Depreciation has to do with your taxes. On your income tax return, depreciate the property, you get a deduction, that depreciation lowers your taxes. Even though your property is worth more than when you bought it, 
you depreciate it every year. Uh, sometimes you can accelerate that depreciation. I don't recall what, how long you can depreciate the property. It's a long time, like 29 years or some 30 years. You can accelerate some of that depreciation through something called a cost segregation analysis. You pay somebody to come in and do a, a, this analysis where they check out all of your fixtures and items that periodically need to be replaced or refurbished in your properties. That could be plumbing fixtures, cabinets, um, landscaping, paving in the parking lot, that kind of thing, fencing. And you can do an accelerated depreciation on that. So that is a good way. Technically, you're making money because you're paying less taxes. Saving money, to me, is the same as making money uh, on your taxes. That is the third way you're going to make money. Real estate investors rarely pay a lot of taxes. Uh, Some of them, the ones that do it right, pay no taxes. If you ever listen to Robert Kiyosaki talk about investing in the apartment complexes that he buys with his partner, Ken McElroy, they don't pay taxes. They buy and hold their properties forever, and they, they never pay taxes on it. So most of the big real estate investors can say the same thing. That's why Donald Trump, love him or hate him, when Hillary Clinton asked him why he didn't pay any taxes, he said, because I'm smart. Well, he is smart because he's a real estate investor. That's his business. That was his main business. And guess what? He didn't pay any taxes because he owns a real estate. He gets all the tax benefits that the government gave him. It's not something he took. He didn't steal money. He didn't cheat. The government gives us those benefits. Those tax in, those tax benefits are incentives for us to invest in real estate. They tell us, you invest in this real estate. You provide this space. You provide these jobs a place for people to do business, and we will give you tax benefits. We will give you tax breaks. It is an incentive from the government. Don't let anybody tell you that you're cheating on your taxes. They don't know what they're talking about. The government wants you to take those tax cuts. They want you to have those tax incentives because they need you to invest in the real estate. It helps the economy. Okay, number four is the loan pay down. The rental income, this is so cool. This is how this works. You go out and borrow money to buy a property. So you borrow money from one guy, and another guy comes along and pays you money to pay that loan off. So you borrow the money from the bank to buy the property. You put a tenant in the building, they give you money to pay your loan down. So that's building up equity. It's not coming out of your pocket. It's coming out of the tenant's pocket. They're paying your loan payment. Hopefully they're paying your loan payment plus a lot more. So that's the fourth way. Then you make a profit if you sell the property, uh, unless you're in some financial distress and you're uh, on the verge of bankruptcy or something, you're going to make a profit when you sell the property. The more you have increased the income on that property, the more profit you're going to make on the property. Uh, That's the way it works. Now, the most successful real estate investors ever don't ever sell their property. They keep it forever. Uh, That's what Robert Kiyosaki does. He doesn't sell. He keeps. He holds. He holds it uh, forever. The property keeps, uh, the value keeps going up. His equity goes up. They borrow more money on that property. They go buy another property. They keep that sort of a chain reaction going. 
Uh, they they pay it down again. The tenants keep paying the rent. They pay it down, then they borrow on it again. They go buy another property. And it all pays for itself. So that's the kind of a debt that you should not fear. That kind of debt will earn you an income. Uh, so I'm getting a little off track there about debt. But uh, uh, you make the profit when you sell. Now, the number six way is the opposite of that, more or less. The sixth way that you make money on every real estate investment is you make money when you buy the property. The idea is to buy the property under its market value, if possible. You buy the property at the right price. You buy a property that you can add value to. That's that's how you increase the value of the property. That's how you increase the, the rent on the property. You add value to the property. All the increases you get on the value of your property come from you adding value to it. You either add value by raising the rent or lowering the expen- expenses. You spend have some capital investment in the property to make it look better, to make it work better. Uh, you invest in uh, renovations, uh, painting, updating, that kind of thing. Uh, increase the curb appeal. Uh, make your tenants happy with it. When the tenants are happy, they are happy to give you money. But you have to, if you buy the property, if you pay too much for the property, like right now, prices are inflated. Right now is not the time to buy. Don't fall into that trap of thinking that real estate always goes up because it doesn't. Uh, If you think back to 2008, that's not that long ago. uh, It hit a, (laughs) it went into a pretty big descent. The value of properties dropped a lot. Property does not always go up. It runs in cycles. We have real estate cycles. We have all kinds of cycles in the world. There are political cycles. There are weather cycles. There are solar cycles. There are real estate cycles. And we are in nearing the top of one right now. It's not the best time to buy real estate unless you find somebody that is desperate and needs to get rid of it and is willing to give you a good deal. Uh, Personally, I'm not buying right now. We've sold properties, and we're holding the money. We're keeping it, waiting for the right deal. I wouldn't turn down a good deal right now. I would buy if it was there. I would buy some land and build. Uh, But I'm not actually actively going out looking for properties because right now it's very difficult to make money when you buy. Uh, And that's one of the, the most important ways to make money on real estate is when you buy the property. You have to buy it right. You have to buy it. Uh, I look to I like to look for problems or buildings with problems, properties with problems, problems or opportunities. Uh, every problem a building has is an opportunity for you to get the price down a little bit lower. Because if it has a problem, it's worth less. It's worth a little bit less. Uh, of course, the seller is always going to try to get as much out of it as they can, and you're always going to try to get the price down as much as you can. So you need to go through and look for problems. And I love it when a building has a lot of problems. When I go through and the, the, the roof leaks and there's stained ceiling tiles and the carpet's stained and carpet needs replaced or you know any kind of flooring, if there's uh, maybe some HVAC problems, I, lo- I like that. I look for that because you can use that to get the price down. Uh, and then you go in and you fix all that stuff, uh, usually for a lot less than what you lowered the price. And you have equity in the property. When you fix all that stuff up, your tenants are, they've been 
living and working in this building, living or working in this property that has had these problems all this time and the other landlord wouldn't fix it and you come in and fix it and they're going to expect you to raise the rent. They expect it anyway every time a sale takes place. But, you know, of course you can't do that if the, the lease, if they have a lease and it's not up yet, but they're going to expect it. So you go and you spend the money, you can raise the rent, you increase the value of the property in two ways. The, the income goes up and the, the property is better maintained. So uh, you've made your money when you bought the property because you bought it cheaper than you normally would have. Now, how does that affect financial momentum? Every time, every time you, uh, every one of these six items on this list does something to the two terms in that financial momentum equation, it's either going to increase the amount of your asset or the amount of your money, or it's going to increase your rate of return. Uh, depreciation, for example. If you're paying less out for taxes, technically your return is higher on the property because it saved you. Say it saves you fifty thousand a year in taxes. Well, that's fifty thousand dollars a year more in your pocket. That's that's a return on on your investment. Your property value goes up when your property value appreciates. That's a return on your investment. Uh, you may not see it in the normal. Old uh, return on investment calculation that you see, but if, if you do a more detailed analysis, you'll see that uh, the equity increasing is also part of your rate of return. Uh, the cash flow, of course, is definitely a direct influence on your rate of return. And it also increases, it increases both sides of that equation. It increases the rate of return, but it also is going to increase the amount of money you have in the loan pay down, that increases your equity. Um, you make If you sell it, you make profit. So you've increased the amount of money you had. And you make money when you buy, of course, you're increasing your net worth right there. So all of these things increase your financial momentum. So these six, these six items here, uh, if you look at a property that's for sale, Look at it in the context of these six items. Cash flow, property value appreciation, depreciation, loan pay down from your tenants, from the rental income, uh, making a profit when you sell and make money when you buy. Look at it in that context and a property will have an entirely different outlook for you when you look at it. And uh, it'll make real estate investing and searching for properties a lot less stressful. It'll make it a lot, it'll make a lot more sense when you go to look at the properties. If you look at those three things or those six things, sorry, it'll make a lot more sense. So that's it for this week. Hope to see you next week. We'll, uh, we'll have another interesting topic about real estate and finances and uh, see you next time.